University of Arizona football, last in the Pac-12 in wins, second in the Pac-12 in recruiting. As of today, it is, and there could be a few more coming. You're listening to a post-signing day edition of the Wildcat Sports Report Podcast. first day of the early signing period is over, and Arizona has done very well from a recruiting standpoint. Um, they still could add a few more prep players. In fact, they're waiting on two. Well, technically waiting on one. Uh, one they already know about, we just don't know about, is uh, Speedy Luca, running back from uh, California, has signed with the college of his choice. It's believed to have come down to Arizona and Louisville, but he wants to announce it at the Army All-American Bowl, which is, uh, I believe, January 8th. So the uh, public will not know where he is playing until then, but the coaching staffs apparently do. And there's some people who feel Arizona has a legit chance at the player who's a borderline four-star kid, really interesting prospect. It just depends on which service you look at. I think three out of the four recruiting services have him as a uh, four-star prospect. So that would bolster... Arizona's uh, chances as well. Luke's an interesting player, a little on the undersized side, uh, 5'8", 175, and that might be why he doesn't have a ton of great offers. Really, uh, Louisville, Arizona, Arizona State, Boston College are kind of some of the top schools for him, although he did have an offer uh, at one point from schools like Florida and, and Georgia and LSU and Michigan, but as they went in other directions, some of those kind of dropped out a little bit. But he's a dynamic playmaker who could help Arizona. So now we just have to wait until January 8th. The other one they're still waiting on is uh, a, a not only a borderline four-star, but a borderline five-star, and that's T-Mac, the wide receiver from Servite. Three of his teammates assigned with Arizona on Wednesday. And now on Thursday, maybe Friday, he is supposed to make his announcement, although he could wait until the February signing date. Uh, He was uh, firmly committed to Oregon. However, with that coaching change, uh, suddenly things became up in there. Greg Biggins from 247 Sports reported on uh, Wednesday that it was probably 50-50 and that maybe as of Tuesday night, Arizona led slightly. However, Oregon has rounded out their staff and uh, Ken Dillingham, who actually really won the Arizona job as a head coach, is expected to take over as their offensive coordinator. So he was making a last pitch. So now, before we move on and cover this, let's uh, do a little housekeeping now that we're three minutes in. What apologies again for the lack of podcast. For those of you who follow me on Twitter know The hosting service I use um, went down and had been down for over a week, so I was finally able to move portions of the podcast, the Spotify feed, over to another hosting service, which is actually owned by Spotify, and that was able to post one that I recorded a week before, so it's a week late. However, as of recording this, it looks like my old hosting service, uh, which is maybe a garden that hosts podcasts, uh, is back up in line, but what I am going to do is, is try to move all the rest of them over. So hopefully by the time you listen to this, you're getting it on whichever feed you prefer, whether that is Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast, or even uh, Amazon, I believe, uh, has it as well. 
And you should have now the option of also listening to on something called Anchor, which is part of the uh, Spotify podcasting network. But it should all be working again. And so what we're also going to do is we're going to break this up into three uh, signing day podcasts. Uh, This is going to be the overview. Then hopefully a day from now we will do offense and then sometime over the weekend do defense of the players signed. We also hope to get a better feeling of where the roster is at. So first and foremost, <laughs> what do we think of the class? And and you have to look at it. Arizona has apparently dropped to third in the Pac-12. I know at one point they were rated uh, second. It looks like as Oregon is starting to sign some guys, they have edged past Arizona and they do it on a point system. So for uh, an example, Oregon at 201.06, Arizona at 199.18, Utah uh, in fourth place with 199.12. Now, for a comparison, Stanford is at 227.76. And the reason Stanford leads is they lead the Pac-12 in four-star players with seven. Oregon has signed six already. UCLA has signed six. And... um, Arizona has only signed three. Now, interestingly enough, several teams in the Pac-12 did not sign any three-star player or four-star players. That includes Colorado, Oregon State, Washington State, um, and some other voice had one. Now, one thing that does help Arizona is they have 20 commits. So Arizona has 20, Stanford 22, Utah 18, whereas Oregon has 12, UCLA has 12, and a good old ASU. And Washington, who bring up the rear, even USC, with uh, 8, 6, and 6 between them. So that is one thing that has helped Arizona. But right now, looking at third, again, if they end up bringing in Luke, if they end up bringing in uh, T-Mac, that would really help their recruiting classes um, as well. Um, it could actually hurt Oregon's a little bit. But I expect Oregon and USC to add a bunch of other players. I think when this all shakes out... Uh, We're going to see Arizona somewhere hovering around 5th, but considering they were 11th the previous year. Nationally, at 35, that's something that could see them actually move up a tiny bit. Um, If they're able to add these guys, while they could, you know, move down a little bit overall in the Pac-12, they could end up moving up nationally because they are just a hair behind schools like Boston College and, and Baylor and West Virginia. Also impressive news when you consider that Arizona was 77th last year in the nation. And frankly, that was with some uh, good work at the end of the uh, recruiting cycle by Jed Fish. Looking at the class, now let's look at the overview again. They signed 22 players. They actually added a 23rd if you count a transfer. UCLA defensive back DJ Wanell also announced his intention to transfer to Arizona yesterday. So that, uh, to me, you count as part of the recruiting class. But Arizona, again, signing uh, 20 players. Again, waiting on two more. My guess is they might add one or two more in the uh, next uh, signing day in um, February. I think we could see them. I, last I heard, they thought they could add 23 and then somewhere between 7 and 10 transfers. So... You know, I think they're holding off on a few guys. I think they'd love to add probably another offensive lineman, uh, maybe another, uh, you know, I don't know if skill position is as important, maybe another defensive back as well. 
But if you look at the breakdown, they you know they got what they kind of needed. They got a quarterback. They got at least one and maybe two running backs. Right now, four receivers in a position that is a position of need. Three line, offensive linemen, five defensive linemen, three linebackers. Again, I'd like them to have gone a little deeper, maybe at defensive back. That's where they actually got hurt by decommitments. And then they have kind of an athlete slash uh, special teams uh, performer. Doing the bulk of their recruiting, 11 Californians, most of those from uh, Orange County in the L.A. area. Four from Arizona. And then one each from Florida, Hawaii, Maine of all places, Massachusetts, and Utah. But you can see the emphasis for Arizona football is recruiting uh, California and Arizona. And I think looking at Arizona, I think Arizona did well in their home state, but didn't do great. If you look at it, there is somewhere in the neighborhood, depending on which, again, service you look at, of, you know, five or six Five or four-star players. There were no five-star players this year. And then a bunch of guys who are high uh, four-star players. Now, one of them, Lamar Washington, is going to most likely play basketball. So he doesn't even really count. But if you look at it, you know, and Kion Graves was actually uh, committed to Arizona at one point early in the Kevin Sumlin era. But if you look at it, yeah, you'd like to have Arizona hit on one of them. Now, they were probably never going to really go after uh, Nico Marischal, the quarterback from Chandler Hamilton, both because uh, they already had their quarterback in the fold in Noah Fafita and the fact that Marischal's older brother played temporarily for Arizona before he was caught on tape along with another family member using um, racially insensitive language. But you would love to have gotten a guy like, you know, Kion Graves, Anthony Lucas, the defensive lineman from Scottsdale Chaparral. Um, Benjamin Morrison, a DB from Brophy. Uh, so a lot of guys that, yeah, you would not have minded uh, Arizona getting. But they weren't going to look at all of them. Again, they were they never really looked at Adrian Lara, the quarterback from Desert Edge, who, who actually didn't sign yesterday, or Corin Adams, uh, an undersized running back from Chandler Hamilton, who's a really good player going to Iowa State, but Arizona already had a player uh, similar to that. But what Arizona did wind up with is at one point they had five committed. They did lose Tristan Monday. And unfortunately for Arizona, Monday's actually the highest rated of those guys. He's a linebacker slash edge rusher from Scottsdale Saguaro, uh, 6'4", 240, three-star guy. Winds up at Wisconsin, decommitted, I think in part um, because of Arizona's lack of success this year and a little bit because of the rumblings that Don Brown might not be there. And uh, talking to some people, it sounds like Monday may have fit better in Don Brown's system uh, than in the current system. So while you would hate to lose a guy like Monday, um, I think when you look at the four, five Arizona players that, that they had committed, he's probably the one who fit the least, even though he's the highest rated. But when you got a guy like Russell Davis, uh, the edge rusher from Hamilton, uh, fits the system very well, very a little more versatile of an athlete. Uh, Grayson Stovall, a big uh, offensive lineman who, who fits very well. Tyler Powell, uh, a big tall tight end who may eventually project uh, to being a lineman offensive or defensively because he's 6'7", 240. Uh, so he could grow into an offensive lineman, could grow into uh, a, a bigger t uh, defensive end too if they don't keep him there. And then Isaiah Johnson, the uh, Chandler defensive lineman, who's the lowest rated of the bunch as uh, kind of a low three-star. But again, a guy who an athletic 6'2", 275 interior defensive lineman, a guy you look at. So Arizona did well. 
When you look at it, ASU doesn't even have an in-state player right now. When you you know you look at it, but Arizona you know missed out on guys. Uh, when you look at the quality of of where players committed to Texas A&M, Ohio State, West Virginia, Notre Dame, Texas, Washington grabbing a couple players. Arizona needs to do a little bit better with those elite players, but I like what they did because not only did they grab, you know, the four in-state players, two from Chandler Hamilton, one from Chandler High School, and then one from Brophy. Uh, those are all schools that Arizona has worked hard to get into. Now, they did not end up with the player from Scottsdale Swore, which is another program they've really struggled to recruit, and you'd like to uh, see them be able to go into that school. I, I would add Chaparral to that mix. Those are really the five that are really cranking out players right now in the Phoenix area. One other thing that was very encouraging about what the Wildcats did is they were able to flip players and flip players late in the class, and some of their better players. Um, they either flipped them or were able to get them on the rebound. Uh, Kevin Green and Ephesians Prysock, uh, two players from Bishop Alamany High School in Mission Hills, California, were both at one time USC commits. Uh, also, Kayon Burnett is another former SC commitment. All those guys, they were able to flip and able to get them, uh, whether you call it a flip or you get them on the rebound when Lincoln Riley came in, they were able to get those guys. Um, and again, that's two borderline four-star players. Priceock, a legit four-star player. Uh, Green, a 247 four-star player. When you look at what they were able to do, landing a couple other guys late, G7, named after the airplane, but it's actually... Jai Celestine, an athlete out of Miami Palmetto. Now, they flipped him from Western Carolina, and you're like, Western Carolina? But here's a guy who committed super early, a little bit undersized. Looks like he's going to play cornerback for Arizona. And they were able to uh, land him. He's a speedster. He's a hard hitter. He also had a Florida State offer, and if they were maybe a little more stable at Florida State, that's ironic when you compare them to Arizona. But a lot of rumblings even there that their, their boosters are still unhappy. So, yeah, you don't ever want to say, well, we flipped a guy from Western Carolina. But this guy's tape looks really, really good. We'll talk a little bit more about him. And then Tai Tai Ugalele, uh, who's related to the quarterback um, who was at Clemson, whose uh, uncle was actually an assistant coach under someone who was let go. Uh, Arizona able to flip him from Washington State. And then Jacob Reese was also flipped from... Utah State. So Arizona flipping a guy, a lot of guys late, but maybe even more important than flipping guys was not having a guy flip. No one flipped on signing day, including Sterling Lane, the four-star linebacker from Oaks Christian, who had a late push from Cincinnati, and some thought maybe he wouldn't sign, wouldn't sign early at least, and then he ends up uh, remaining not only committed to Arizona, but doing so early. Conversely, you know, Arizona did lose a couple guys, did have a couple guys who were flipped from them, um, but no one very late in the, in the process, and that's key, because Arizona always seems to have to go in and fight and, and uh, claw to keep their guys. But in reality, other than Kyron Chambers, a defensive back from Dallas, who, again, I liked a lot. Uh, he decommitted on the 12th of December, but Arizona knew they were going to have trouble holding him. They especially knew when there were coaching changes, uh, primarily at TCU, where he wound up at TCU. 
they knew that was always going to be a tough guy to hang on to, and, and that proved to be true. But that was the only guy they lost late in the process. Now, they did lose a, some guys I liked. Uh, loved Zeke Berry, the four-star uh, cornerback out of De La Salle High School uh, when he uh, originally committed to Arizona. Uh, I thought that was a huge pickup, uh, dynamic player. He's going to Michigan, and, and that that's a blow. There's no way to spin that one. Uh, they lost T.J. Hall, who actually committed and then decommitted in a fairly quick span uh, over the summer. I liked Hall. A uh, good player, another good defensive back, a bigger defensive back. He winds up at Iowa, of all places. Kind of weird, considering he's from Fresno. Uh, but Iowa's done a very good job with their defensive backs of late. And then, yeah, we mentioned Tristan Monday, who they lost. Now, if you really want to go way back, um, they lost uh, a couple players after the firing of Kevin Sumlin. I don't think they were ever going to keep Kion Gray, who, again, I mentioned was the five or borderline four-star, five-star uh, wide receiver from uh, Chandler, who ends up going to Ohio State. Once Ohio State and some schools like that got involved, they were never going to keep him. And then Trayson Borgay, a quarterback who, frankly, t- just probably isn't a Power 5 quarterback, really doesn't have any other Power 5 offers. Arizona offered him very early in the process from South Point Catholic. Uh, his brother was a former preferred walk-on, who I think now is under scholarship at ASU and was actually their backup quarterback. Uh, this year, uh, the brother played at uh, Morana. These guys are uh, actually on some national championship seven-on-seven teams. So Borgay is an interesting player, but he, yeah, he decommitted a while ago and not in play. So overall, do, is this the kind of class that's going to take Arizona to a Rose Bowl? Not by themselves, but it sets the foundation. The fact that this was a one-win team, and frankly, you can argue we're lucky to get that win thanks to COVID. The fact they're able to add 20 players, most of them, again, legit guys with legit offers. And frankly, I don't mind that you go after a few reaches. You know, when you're reaching on a guy from Miami who's a speedster, um, again, and I say reach, I mean, Celestine's a legit three-star, high three-star guy. Why he doesn't have all the offers is kind of more puzzling. You know, 247 Sports has him raised as the 106th best athlete in the nation. Uh, he's a top 1,100 guy borderline by the 247 composite. Uh, it's just kind of a guy who maybe just kind of slipped through the cracks. But when your other reaches are a, a 6'5", 300-pound lineman from Utah, a 6'4", 230-pound defensive lineman from the Northeast, but his dad's an NFL player, an in-state guy from Chandler, a guy from modern day, uh, a 330-pound, you know, those are really your reaches. You know, I, I almost said Savanea, the big lineman from Hawaii, but even then, again, that's a, that's a legit three-star guy. There are no two-star guys here. Even though, you know, you, you took a guy from Western Carolina, even though you took a guy from Utah State, uh, these are all three-star guys, and that's the beauty of the class. Again, even the reaches are well-regarded by recruiting analysts. Now, again, some of the bigger news, Arizona had a few more guys go into the transfer portal. I have them right now at 10. You know, we've talked about some of them. Uh, The three latest guys, and two of them, I think, two of them hurt because of the position they played, not necessarily the output they had, but Booby Curry and BJ Castillo both enter the transfer portal. That means Arizona's losing the bulk of their top receivers. When you throw in Barry Hill, when you throw in the graduation, of Wolma, when you throw in Stacy Marshall Jr., who actually didn't, you know, again, make a big impact. That's a lot of bodies to lose from your wide receiver room. 
Now, they retain a lot of bodies in their receiving room as well, and, that, and that's always important. Uh, but the roster is a little bit thin when it comes to, you know, quality wide receivers. You know, Jalen Johnson showed flashes, really didn't do a whole lot. Jamari Joyner, when healthy, is is, is kind of a top guy. Uh, Dorian Singer was a guy who really rounded into shape this year. You know, you throw in Anthony Simpson, a guy who played very sparingly this year. Maybe the biggest name that's not one of these recruits is Majan Wright, uh, who had to sit out this year after briefly transferring out of the program and then coming in. But, you know, if you look at it, Singer, Wright, Joyner, Johnson, that's not a bad four-man crew, but you would like to have another guy in that mix. Castillo and, and Curry both have their share of plays and both have their share of drops. But I think at the end of the day, you're okay. You're mixing A.J. Jones. You're mixing Kevin Green, the two freshmen they signed. I think they could still hit the transfer portal for a receiver. But I think the position's okay. My biggest concern is, and you, you don't have Barry Hill anymore. Barry Hill turning pro. He was your star. He was your number one receiver. Do you have a guy in this group who can be uh, a number one receiver, and I and I just don't see it yet. Now, could it be right? Could it be Singer? Could it be Joiner? Yes, it, it could be. Your tight end position, in decent shape. You know, uh, Alex Lyons got a lot of run this year. You bring in Burnett, who I think will see the field right away. Uh, Kobe Powers, uh, who did not play this past year but has some good size, should also factor in. So I think they're okay in that. Uh, department. The other guy they uh, did lose was David Watson, who has not played in his three years at Arizona. Really, the kind of thing that hurts most about that is the fact that he's a legacy recruit. His dad uh, played at Arizona, and his his mom actually played softball at Arizona. But the rest of the guys on the list, again, some nice potential. But, uh, you know, Reddy Short has not done much at Arizona. Malik Hausman has unfortunately not done much at Arizona. Uh, Javon Carr and Jaden Mitchell. Rourke Freeberg was a guy who really gave it his all, was a former walk-on. Uh, he actually winds up at Toledo. So as far as I know, he's the only one to find a home so far. If we're doing roster watch as of right now, by my count, and my count could be off slightly, uh, Arizona is at their 85 uh, scholarship limit to add uh, one or two of those players who they're still waiting on. They would need some players to leave to add transfers they need players to leave now with the 10 guys in the portal all of them got in before the 15th that means Arizona can fill at least seven of them maybe 10 depending on how the waivers work there was still some confusion about that but they could add at least I guess six now because six to nine because they did add the the DB from UCLA but they would have to have more guys enter the transfer portal it'll be interesting to see what Arizona does do they encourage some players to leave uh, do they wait uh, until spring to try to clear up some roster issues or do they, you know, encourage some guys before spring that maybe it would be in their best interest to leave? But my guess is we will see somewhere between five and ten more players enter the transfer portal at some point so Arizona can add some players. And finally, I guess maybe the biggest elephant in the room when it comes to the roster is the quarterback uh, position. Does Arizona go to the transfer route? Obviously, there are some several quarterbacks with ties uh, to the state or to the program who are available. 
other than Spencer Rattler, the Oklahoma transfer from Phoenix who ended up transferring to South Carolina. The rest are still on the board. I know there are some rumors about about Arizona talking to Keaton Slovis from USC. I know some of the USC guys are reporting that. Um, he'd probably be my third favorite of the uh, former Arizona prep quarterbacks out there, but maybe the safest of the bunch. Um, I think a guy like Chubba Purdy or Jack Miller, who transfers from Ohio State, could have a little more upside, but we know Keaton Slovis can win games in the Pac-12. We know he's, frankly, better than on the Arizona roster right now. Apologies to, to Jordan McLeod. Uh, but right now, Slovis... Uh, if you can get him, you get him. Again, do I like Purdy a little better? Yes. does concern me that he hasn't been able to see the field very much at Florida State. Do I like uh, Jack Miller? Yeah. Um, I'm actually not that concerned that he couldn't see the field at Ohio State because they have, you know, uh, a Heisman Trophy finalist as well as one of the top prep uh, quarterbacks in the nation who now is at Texas. And so I can understand that one as well. But Slovis, you know, has put up some numbers at USC. He doesn't always look pretty doing it, but he's he's made some plays. So if you can get him, uh, I'd obviously prefer him over Plummer's brother, uh, who's coming from Purdue to somewhere in the state. And then I guess the other guy you have to take a look at uh, in an interesting, I don't think Arizona has any interest in him, is uh, Clay Millen, who uh, was at one point committed to someone in the Wildcats when that fell apart. He ended up... Uh, at Nevada, of all places, and is now leading Nevada, whether he follows uh, Jay Norvell to Colorado State or goes elsewhere. But to me, yeah, if you can get Keaton Slovis, get Keaton Slovis. If not, if you can somehow wind up with uh, Chubba Purdy or Jack Miller, great, or, or someone else out there who doesn't necessarily have ties to the state. Arizona needs an upgrade at quarterback. Uh, while I am remotely comfortable with McLeod, I think, again, he showed flashes, but he's certainly not a sure thing. Uh, as well, while well, I like Noah Fafita, I think he's going to end up doing some good things at Arizona. Potentially, you have to uh, can't count on a true freshman, especially an undersized true freshman who probably needs to add some strength and size to his frame uh, to take the pounding that you're going to take at Arizona, especially if the offensive line uh, is still a work in progress in year two of the Jed Fish era. So overall... Arizona won one game, may have been lucky to do that, but they're uh, recruiting at a high level, one we have not seen since Mike Stoops was in Tucson, so I'm encouraged. This is a very good class with a lot of upside and potential, and frankly, the four-star players they got, a lot of them don't have some of the red flags that some of the four-stars who wound up at Arizona under Rich Rodriguez even under Kevin Sumlin had, uh, these guys had legit offers. Many of them were already committed to, to some powerhouse programs. So it was a good day for Arizona football yesterday, Wednesday. If you listen to this on Thursday, you may be listening to it later. We're going to be breaking down the offense. We're going to be breaking down the defense. And we still got to take a look back to Jed Fish's first year at Arizona. But for now, to the 20 high school signees and to the uh, transfer from UCLA. All we can say is what we always say. Bear down. <laughs>